Fort Worth. A co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Happy Friday. It is Friday, May 21st, 2021, and wishing you a blessed day and hope you're having a great weekend. And just think next weekend will be Memorial Day weekend, the unofficial start of summer, and there's good news all around in terms of things opening up. Uh, rules changing in terms of masks and all kinds of other things to be grateful for because we need to be together. We need to be in community. We are made for relationship first with God and, of course, then with each other. And so, so happy to see so many things changing for the good. We'll be addressing that a little bit later in the program with two travel experts. And what does it mean for us as Catholics in terms of getting out there again and seeing God's beautiful earth? First, though, before that, of course, it is a Friday morning. That means we'll check in with Doug Keck, the Chief Operating Officer and President of EWTN, graciously taking time out of his crazy busy schedule to update us personally each week on what's coming up. So giving us an advance notice or the inside word or scoop of great programming and projects um, on which EWTN is working. So you can know ahead of time and plan your schedule around it. Maybe you want to record something. Maybe you want to jot it down and, and watch it online, pull it up later on. Whatever the case, Doug gives us a great insight as to what's going on with all the awesome EWTM programming, especially during this Marian month of May, where there's so much to be thankful for in terms of a deeper understanding of Marian apparitions and um, Mariology, Marian teachings in the church. All good, very good news indeed. Bottom of the hour, Fact Check Friday. I don't know where to begin. I mean, it's, it's just constant stories that I could dive into and spend a lot of time dissecting and helping you understand doing like a mini media literacy course which I always think it's good for all of us to go through that in terms of understanding how the media operate this particular story is extremely troubling to me and it reveals many many things about the state of the media not only the state of politics but also the state of the media you may have heard the story we shared with you yesterday about the mayor of Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot announcing on her second year anniversary that because she thinks newsrooms are too white, she is going to only allow, when it comes to one-on-one interviews, journalists of color to speak with her. So, in other words, she is concerned about discrimination. She is concerned about a lack of diversity. So she's showing discrimination and a lack of diversity in the way she's operating in terms of the way she chooses to engage in certain types of interviews with the media. Now that's a whole subject in terms of itself, in terms of how do you say you're concerned about diversity and then you play into this whole race issue by catering to one group of people based on their skin color. You're in a platform like that, you're in a position like that, you could formulate a committee to maybe concentrate on seeing if you could raise some money for scholarships for minority. I'm not disagreeing that we need more diversity in newsrooms. We need more diversity in newsrooms in a lot of ways, in addition to diversity in terms of, of color and different groups that are represented. Yes, okay. But we also need diversity of opinion, which is greatly lacking. It's nothing more than groupthink in most of these operations. And I'm not in disagreement that, that we could use more people of color in, in a lot of businesses 
indeed in the newsrooms. But this is not the way you go about it. And she said yesterday, oh, well, the media need to get the memo. All right. So why not sit down with some of these media execs and express your concerns? Why not encourage raising money for scholarships for minority journalists? Why not work with the National Association of Black Journalists on this issue? She says, I don't have time to deal with this, but this is what I'm going to do. It's just, it's, it's shameful is what it is. And what's even more shameful is the fact that she, she's getting away with it. There's, there's pushback, but there's not outrage, and there should be outrage. Al Crest and I were emailing back and forth on this uh, this morning and yesterday. I'm going to be on uh, Al's show on Monday, and Matthew Bunsen's going to be filling in, and we're going to be addressing this issue. So that's one story. I don't know how much time I'll have for that, but then the other big story that I, that I still keep thinking about and pondering and praying about is a story I ran across, and I mentioned it on Monday. Was it Monday or Tuesday? Was I, I was interviewing Jeannie Mancini. I think it was Tuesday from the March for Life on the Supreme Court taking up the um, Mississippi abortion ban case later in the fall. So just uh, you know, moving around on that great website, looking you know, in terms of what was the latest, and came across a story from the Washington Post, how the Washington Post was surprised to learn that the statement from the previous administration about the United States being one of seven countries that allows for abortion through nine months of pregnancy is actually true. Who knew? This is a major publication in Washington around the corner practically from the Supreme Court, and they did not know after 40-plus years of legalized abortion in this country, thanks to those decisions back in 1973, what the laws actually say. Are you kidding me? What are the implications of that? Can't wait to get Doug's opinion on this as well. It's just mind-boggling in terms of the confirmation bias, the lack of information that they actually have, the lack of reality in covering this issue, which is far from set in terms of precedent, despite these different court decisions. It is still the most hotly debated and contested issue of our day, and not just around election time. And the media have to do a fact check because they don't know what the law says. Look it up for crying out loud. And you wait until there's a president with whom you disagree on this issue to check it out? Seriously? Unfortunately, yes, seriously. That's how bad it is in the media. And these are the people that still many, 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 many Christians get their information from on key issues. All right. So that's Fact Check Friday. And then we're going to wrap up with some good news, things opening up in the travel industry. We'll have two experts on with us, including uh, John Hale from Corporate Travel and also Alex Sharp, who both of them took part in a really neat uh, meeting that took place earlier this week in Washington. And there's a lot of good news coming out of this because they worked directly with uh, congressional representatives in informing them what was going on in the travel industry, the real-life picture, the reality of their situation, which is very unique in terms of the fact that they were still quote-unquote working while no money was coming in at all in terms of not being able to really service anybody because everything was shut down but they still had to work with their clients and in rearranging you know travel arrangements or canceling things or helping them maybe go somewhere else but there are a lot of um, delays in any type of return on that time investment so the travel industry is very very unique in that aspect and so what they did was they brought in 
people from Washington to sit down and say these are our needs and it's a real good lesson in terms of the importance of the way our system is set up sometimes it works beautifully there are times it doesn't but we still have the best country in the world and this is an example of how uh, when you do get involved and when you do have that, you know, um, boots on the ground, grassroots type of efforts, the positive things that can happen. And also, what's going to happen now with, with pilgrimage? Are we able to get back out there, whether it's to go to the Holy Land, whether it's to go to Poland, whether it's to go to Spain and see our great saints there or to Italy? What's the latest with that? We'll find out um, what Catholic travelers are hoping for. And we'll wrap that up on a Friday. So much to talk about, especially in the news, which we need to get to right now. It is a Friday morning, eight minutes past the hour. You are listening to Catholic Connection, a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. Well, Israel and the militant group Hamas are putting down their weapons after more than a week of fighting. Reporter Richard Engel has more from Tel Aviv. Egypt played a key role in moderating the deal and says it will send monitors to both Israel and Gaza to oversee its implementation. The ceasefire that is now in effect brings to an end days of back-and-forth airstrikes and rocket attacks. Joe Biden signing a new hate crimes bill into law yesterday, the bill passing Congress after a rise in attacks on Asian Americans. Meanwhile, the editorial director of Daily Caller, Vince Colinese, telling EWTN News Nightly yesterday, the administration is ignoring attacks against other major groups of people. That bill passed in the Senate, I think, 94 to 1. It was over whelming uh, the effort to condemn anti-Asian hate crimes. And it's a part of a really troubling trend in the United States that involves all crime going up substantially over the course of the past year against all communities. And of course, as we as we're talking about against Asian communities, we're also seeing lots of attacks against Jewish people, attacks against churches. Um, I think there's a real problem with crime in the United States that Washington needs to grapple with uh, overall. Again, he was featured on EWTN News Nightly. Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, as Catholic News Agency explains, has written a minor seminary in Poland saying that he is delighted to see how in Poland it still blossoms when in Germany has withered. The retired German Pope sending the letter dated May 7th to the minor seminary in the Archdiocese of Czestochowa, located in the southern Polish city that, of course, is home to the venerated icon of the Black Madonna. CNA's German-language news partner noting this was not the first time Benedict, who served as Pope from 2005 to 2013, highlighting the decline in priestly vocations. In an essay dated in 2019 on the crisis in the church, the previous Holy Father noted on the problem of preparation for priestly ministries and seminaries, there is indeed a widespread breakdown of the previous form of this preparation. That the old theologian saying that after the Second Vatican Council, quote, in not a few seminaries, students who were caught reading my books were viewed as unsuitable for the priesthood. He added, my books were hidden like bad literature and only read under the desk, as it were. Attorneys representing a Missouri Christian college asking a federal court Wednesday to halt a Biden administration directive the school says would force it to violate its religious beliefs. The College of the Ozarks, a Christian liberal arts college in Point Lookout, Missouri, suing the Biden administration in April over a rule change that prohibits discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity in housing. Critics of Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot are showing their disapproval of her performance so far in office. This activist speaking as hundreds of protesters gathered in Chicago last night to rail against the mayor as she marked the halfway point of her first term. Chicagoans are living in a nightmare with Lori Lightfoot as our mayor. 
The group putting together placards with a report card which gave Lightfoot a big failing grade on a number of issues including crime, policing, housing, environmental justice and education as well. Mark Mayfield tells us Customs and Border Protection making the public aware of a new phone scam targeting Americans across the nation. The agency says the hustle involves callers telling people that a box of drugs and money being shipped with their name on it has been intercepted. It then instructs that person to talk to a CBP official in an attempt to get banking information. Officials say to hang up, noting that their department doesn't solicit money over the phone. They also ask that the call be reported to the Federal Trade Commission. Forecasters say we should prepare for another active Atlantic hurricane season, which kicks off on June 1st, according to Jay Gray. Scientists with the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration predicting above-average activity. With up to 20 named storms over the next six months or so, six to ten of those expected to reach hurricane status with as many as five major hurricanes. However, it's not expected to be anything like last year's record breaker of 30 named storms. This year, National Hurricane Center forecasters will use an upgraded storm surge model and air and water drones to forecast storm intensity. Its new supercomputers will undergo their final testing before becoming fully operational in early 2022. And reporter Rory O'Neill tells us at least two major airlines are playing catch-up after overnight computer issues. If you're flying today, check with your airline before heading to the airport. An overnight systems failure delayed some operations for both American and JetBlue airlines. It was a third-party system that failed, not the airlines themselves. The digital check-in system is back online, but the airlines are playing catch-up. Airports in New York, Miami, and Charlotte are dealing with some of the biggest disruptions. And finally in our news segment, Prince William is denouncing what he believes was BBC's lack of integrity for hiding key findings into its investigation of Princess Diana's famous 1995 interview. The Duke of Cambridge saying in a video it brings indescribable sadness to know the BBC's failings over his mother's interview contributed significantly to her fear, paranoia and isolation. She was failed not just by a rogue reporter, but by leaders of the BBC who looked the other way rather than asking the tough questions. This comes after retired Judge Lord Dyson's investigation finding BBC interviewer Martin Bashir mocked up falsified documents to gain access to the princess. It was the first time a serving royal spoke so openly about life in the royal family with many personal details divulged from the princess. Prince William says truthful media, pivotal in this day and age. In an era of fake news, public service broadcasting and a free press have never been more important. Prince William asking to never air this interview again based on the deceitful way the interview was obtained. 14 minutes past the hour on a Friday. Great programming right here at EWTN. And everything can also be found online. A major website with tons and tons of resources. And we are all about the resources. EWTN.com. Doug Keck joining us once again with an inside look at what's coming up. So you can plan around it. We'll be right back. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now. Companies have temporarily stopped hiring. Sporting events are held without fans. Even your friends are being told to keep their social distance from you. However, at Ave Maria University, we ask you to consider advancing while the world around you recedes. Gaining an online master's degree in business administration or theology can propel you forward, distinguishing you from the competition when companies again start hiring. Apply now at AveMaria.edu. CMF Curo is a Catholic health care ministry providing families nationwide with a better solution centered around whole health. 
spirit, mind, and body. Our members share their medical burdens within a faith-filled community. At CMF Curo, our members have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, and other health and spiritual resources. Find out if CMF Curo is a better solution for your family. Visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. Hello, Steve Ray here from Footprints of God Pilgrimages, and I'm so excited to announce two domestic pilgrimages this time, one to the Shrines of Wisconsin, where we're going to be joined by Cardinal Raymond Burke. We're going to have a consecration to St. Joseph and Our Lady of Good Help for the apparition of Mary that happened there. Also, we're going to St. Augustine, Florida, where the Catholic Church actually started, the first Mass ever, and we're going to be joined by Father Frank Pavone. To learn more about your Ave Maria radio trip, go to AveMariaRadio.net and find the pilgrimage link. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. 17 minutes past the hour. Welcome back. Catholic Connection on a Friday. Every Friday we check in with Doug Heck, who's the President and Chief Operating Officer. I know I sound like a broken record. You and I are old enough to remember records, LPs, 45s, but I'm so grateful for... Uh, not only everything that we have in programming, you know, in terms of learning more about the faith, but the news outlets. Seriously, Doug, I would lose my mind. We were just talking about a couple of stories, and I can always go to CNA, EWTN News Nightly, and our other outlets say, okay, take a mm-hmm. breath. Here is the real world. Here's what's happening. It, it's just nuts. Nuts. Absolutely. And I can tell you, when I started in radio, I was playing uh, 45s and, and 30. <laughs> And LP, so that gives you know how old I was when I was uh, originally a disc jockey. Yeah, no, I mean you, you you say it over and over again. You keep banging your head against the wall because you can't believe the the ridiculousness of stories. And uh, you know sometimes I think they're paying some of the TV anchors more money because it, 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 they have to pay them more money so they themselves don't start laughing when they read these stories. These stories, right? That they have to act so serious about everything is very serious. These are, are terrible things that are happening and we need to make everybody paranoid and crazy. I mean, that's why when the mass thing finally blew up, um, they didn't know what to say or do. They, right. they, they've made so many cr- people crazy over it for it to suddenly be like, oh, uh, one day it's uh, it's horrible, be, be careful. Next day it's like, well, it's not really a problem. Uh, you well, know, now you and, have Nancy Pelosi insisting that even, even those who are, everybody has to still wear a mask even if they're vaccinated. In the house, right? James. Right. It's ridiculous. Meanwhile, she was seen uh, in a crowd Getting their without hair a mask. Done and without I a mean, mask, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's all theater. It's you know people walking around with masks, virtue signaling to high heavens, and so you know you just you know unfortunately, like I said, there's a lot of good people out there, um, you know, who watch uh, the mainstream media and some of these outlets who've been. Uh, you know, been getting fed this stuff for the last couple of years and mm-hmm. over the last year with the COVID. And, and, you know, they're they're scared. They're afraid. And you don't blame them. If you were to sit and watch some of these channels over and over again, you, you'd think the world was ending, too, or that, you know, anybody came within 100 yards of you and didn't have three masks on, you were 
you were uh, a possible victim, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, and so uh, everybody's got to be careful. Everybody's got to make their own decisions, whether it's about vaccines or anything else. But somehow through all of life, we have to go on. Uh, they went on through the Brit Blitz. They went on through the plague. They went on through World War Two. You know, somehow people continued on. The great flu epidemic in in, um, 1918 and 1919, it was tough. People didn't end their lives because of this. And we're in much better shape to deal with it now than ever before. And uh, we just have to make sure we don't lose sight of... uh, uh, of our ability to keep going, and then we and we keep our faith in the Lord. And, and speaking of that, I just wanted to interject. I saw Ed Penton um, tweeted out this morning that a good friend of ours, and I'm sure of yours as well, Sister Margarita Marchione, the Filipini sister mm-hmm. who you know stood up for uh, Pius the Twelfth for so long, has passed away. Aww. God bless her at age 99. Uh, 99, was, bless her heart. She was a pip boy, the fighting nun. Um, she really stood up for Pius the Twelfth when nobody else would. And you know what? She was right. And she was a great lady and a great sister. And I'm sure she's uh, received her reward. So people might want to keep her in their prayers but uh you know she was wonderful i did a lot of interviews with her over the years on her books and she was always a lot of fun so i just wanted to honor her by mentioning that and also this weekend of course we've got programming for the feast of saint rita uh coming up uh tomorrow basically on the 22nd so people can look for that we've also have a healing mass in honor of our lady of lords that Mm. um that Bishop Olmsted is doing, so we'll be airing that uh, on Saturday as well, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We've got programming uh, beginning with a vigil for Pentecost uh, on the Saturday night at 5.30 p.m., coming out of the Holy Land. People can look for that. And then we've got events on Pentecost from uh, from Rome and also Washington, D.C. And uh, on Sunday, we have even meditations on Pentecost by the late, great Father Andrew Apostoli, and next week Ann Hendershot's going to show up on EW. Oh, I Live. love her. She's, She's awesome. Terrific. She's yeah. going to be on with Father Mitch. She had to cancel earlier, but she will be back and on next Wednesday. And as you so nicely uh, mentioned before, EW10.com for all things uh, EW10 for schedules and also on demand and our YouTube channel if you miss anything. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, it, it, it's, it really is. I, I keep thinking, going back, uh, of the wisdom um, and Mother Angelica being open to the Holy Spirit, just knowing that God was guiding her to start this network. Think about it, Doug, what would happen if we didn't have what we have now. No, I agree, and I know uh, Father Benedict Rochelle said that to me one time. I think uh, Archbishop Chaput said it as well, saying, I... I, I, I I shudder to think, basically, yeah. paraphrasing, you know, what the state of the church would be if it wasn't for EWTN, and not only here in the United States now, but and and in, in Spanish as well, but throughout uh, the world at this point as we're expanding. We just opened up some uh, facilities in Poland and, wow. and a partnership in Croatia, um, and, and, you know, we're, we are expanding and we're getting, you know, positive feedback. Germany is doing really well, getting, picking up a lot of viewers. So, I mean, really, Germany, truth, especially in Germany where it's, oh, absolutely. my goodness. The, tr- the truth attracts, you know, people, yep. you know, they talk about fake news. Uh, there's fake faith and uh, watered down, lukewarm. Uh, that's what our Lord said he'd spit out. And uh, so, you know, you need the truth. Sometimes it's tough. Uh, but it's always given with a spoonful of sugar. It's always given, um, you know, with love. And uh, that was the great gift Mother had was to, to to tell it straight. But 
but to do it uh, encased in God's mercy. But, you know, uh, mercy doesn't mean that what you did was okay or you Mm -hmm. can continue to do it. Mercy means if you realize what you did was wrong uh, and you've asked for forgiveness, you'll get it instantaneously. It's not a problem. But you have to realize that yourself. And our our Lord, as I talk with Father Spitzer all the time, gave us free will. Otherwise, we become automatons. He can't force us. If he forces us to love him, well, then we're not really loving him. Right, right. But but the thing is, I mean, at, at the end of the day, and why does a church exist? She's supposed to exist to evangelize. And I was commenting, I've, I've made this comment uh, a couple of times about something someone said on my Facebook page. I can't remember what article I posted, and, and this man said, well, the church should let pe- just let people live their lives. So what the... <laughs> All right, well, just go ahead and do whatever you want to do. Just show up once in a while for the pictures of the wedding. I said, then what you're doing is you're wishing the church into non-existence because it's not necessary then if we're just going to let people do whatever they want to do. Well, the thing is the church has got to be willing to reinforce the idea that it matters what you believe and what you do in your life. Uh, Besides, um, you know, have a nice day and be nice to everybody. I mean, do do our actions matter with our eternal destiny? Is there a hell? Do people go there? Um, Why should you bother me about going to Mass if it's no more than somebody reading a sermon? Or it's just a bunch of uh, signs going on, but nothing's really happening. I mean, I can do that at home. I can uh, pray to the Lord that way. Right. We have to be able to reinforce the uniqueness of the Catholic Church, the Catholic faith, the sacrifice at the Mass, the fact that all of these things matter in your eternal destiny. Yep. Yep. Well said, my friend. I wish we had more time. That's the signal that we have to go. Doug, really great to speak with you. All the great programming information they gave us can be found. More details at EWTN.com. Stay close to us and all of our news outlets. Please, I'm telling you. Fact Check Friday. More on that up next. Stay tuned. All Saints Catholic Church in Dallas invites all KATH 910 AM listeners to participate in an online presentation on the reflections of St. Joseph based on the apostolic letter of Pope Francis called Patrice Corday. The Reflections on St. Joseph premieres on the 8th of every month through December 2021 at noon on the parish's website at allsaintsdallas.org slash church and on the All Saints Dallas Catholic Church social media channels. Hello, Catholic Life Insurance is a family-focused company that offers life insurance and retirement benefit plans. We are proud to support the mission of Catholic Radio on KATH 910 AM. To learn more about Catholic Life Insurance, you can contact Larry Linson or David Walker in our Dallas office at 972-484-3000. Again, 972-484-3000. We look forward to hearing from you. Hi, this is Dave Palmer here at the station. I am so thankful for the many ways that you, our listeners, have blessed this station over the years, such as praying, making pledges, or donating meals, or volunteering during our charathons, or being a parish speaker. I'd like to suggest also two other important ways that you can help us. One is to support the sponsors you hear on this station, especially during our current crisis. And another way you can support the station is to become a sponsor. If you're interested, just email me, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. 
Do you think it would be easier to walk in your faith journey alone or alongside others? Scripture teaches us that we are meant to be in community. Pope Francis recently commented that fraternity is essential to the human quality. The number one Catholic fraternity is the Knights of Columbus, and they have made it easier than ever to join. By joining, your family will enjoy a wide array of membership benefits, like a subscription to the largest Catholic publication, the Columbia Magazine. You can go online right now and become a member. Go to knights.net. That's K-N-I-G-H-T-S dot net. Eight minutes past the hour. Hope you're having a beautiful Friday. Don't forget all of our great programming. As Doug mentioned, check it out, EWTN.com. And, of course, uh, Ave Maria Radio co-produces his show, AveMariaRadio.net, for all kinds of great resources as well. This is the time every Friday. I've been trying to do this since the election because we've gotten great response from this, second, the, this segment that we call Fact Check Friday. So what I try to do is take a particular story and you know, fact check it, but also just give you just a general idea of how important over and over again it is to consider the source, as we say in the business, and to be very, very wise media consumers and to always go through your own media literacy process, which is really understanding how the media work. And there's actually a whole school of thought and literally programs to train people in media literacy. Al Cresta and I are actually working on doing a webinar uh, with um, – uh, Vanessa Tenagarmo, Father Charlie Fox from the Archdiocese of Detroit, Catholic World Report, Terry Mattingly from Get Religion. We're working on that and hope to do that this summer because um, the problem is with all the confusion, as Doug mentioned, and the fear being put out, just, just one story, just looking at COVID, people are, are just being you know tossed around and buying into a lot of the conspiracy theories that are being thrown out by both sides of the aisle, whether you're pro-vax or anti-vax, whatever it is. Uh, people are getting a lot of bad information from very, very weak or non-existent real sources. So very important, and that's why I decided to continue this after the election. We were doing it a lot during the election and breaking down how the media were misrepresenting many candidates and, and many of the issues, especially concerning issues that we are uh, very involved in, especially the pro-life issues. All right, so speaking of pro-life, came across this story, as I mentioned, from the um, Washington Post, and I was uh, cruising around the beautiful website of marchyourlife.org, which is great, by the way, a lot of resources there as well, in preparation for my interview Tuesday with Jeannie Mancini, who is the March for Life president, and I was bringing her on to comment on the good news that the Supreme Court, please God, is going to be taking up this case from Mississippi regarding abortion, their 15-week abortion ban, taking it up in the fall, and we could have a ruling next year, which could be a big move in terms of finally breaking down some of these terrible, terrible laws that we have in our country based on Roe v. Wade and Doe v. Bolton from, 19, from the early 1970s. So I came across this article from the Washington Post. It, it's a few years old. It was dated 2017, and I actually posted it on my uh, Facebook page because I just found it so important in so many ways. Well, first of all, just the fact that their fact checker was not aware, and in the lead paragraph says that she was surprised to learn that the United States was one of only seven countries around the world that legally allows for abortion through nine months of pregnancy, late-term abortions. This was news to the fact-checker or one of the fact-checkers from the Washington Post, a major news operation. Oh, that, by the way, is in the nation's capital, very close to the Supreme Court. So she goes through and she's looking at this based on something that uh, former President Trump said and was doing regarding the pro-life issues, and he was bringing this up, and they were surprised by this. 
So they went through and they checked it out. And at the end of the article, instead of giving the administration, Donald Trump or whomever was proclaiming this to be the truth, in this case they were targeting the previous administration back in 2017, they gave them not, they didn't give them any Pinocchios. Now normally if someone is lying and they find out that it's a very big lie, they increase the number of noses that they give them were Pinocchios. In this case, they gave them the big Geppetto check mark, meaning it's true, it's true, it's true big time. Sources on both sides of the aisle affirm that, yes, this is what Roe v. Wade and Doe v. Bolton gave us. But again, think about the source saying this. A major newspaper, the Washington Post, a fact checker is surprised by something that's been on the books since that Supreme Court decision in 1973. Don't you think this is a fact that they should be well aware of in terms of this being a major story that everybody considers continues to cover? And yet this was a surprise to them. Now, I'm glad that that they suddenly had an aha comes the dawn moment of something that's been reality. But this just is so much bigger than this one report. Let's pull out and let's connect the dots. What does this tell us about the state of the secular media in terms of the way they've been covering this issue for decades? They are badly informed to the point where a major newspaper is not even aware of the basic laws, the basic situation that Roe v. Wade gave us. Now, obviously in various states there are limits. But at the end of the day, if you're looking at Roe v. Wade and Dovey Bolton, it gave us, among other things, abortion through nine months of pregnancy. And yes, these late-term abortions continue to happen in certain parts of the country. Thanks be to God, we have strong grassroots pro-life movements again at the state level that have put in many bans. But where was the investigation prior? Where was the basic knowledge, the who, what, where, when, why, and how? They are coming at this story continuously with a huge confirmation bias, assuming certain things, which is obvious just based on the reality that this fact checker was surprised by the truth of the situation. That said, they should also be, if they are surprised, taking that information and then examining the way they've been covering that story. Has that happened? Nope. Zip, zero, nada. So you're surprised that we have legalized abortion in this country through nine months of pregnancy. That's what Roe v. Wade says. So, hmm, maybe we should look into this further. Maybe when we are doing these stories, we should bring this up. Maybe we should explain it. Maybe we should be critical of ourselves and realize how we've fallen short and have not given people the complete picture. So was there follow-up? Was there anything afterwards? Not that I've seen. And you would not believe how many people in the media do not know this. Vanessa Denhangarmo and I, we do a segment on the first hour of my show here, we called In the News, and we look at these various stories. And she and I have shared over and over again stories and conversations we've had with so many other reporters who are clueless. They don't know because what they do often in the local media, 
in your local markets is they pick up on what a lot of these larger papers say and do because many of these papers are the basis for the news coverage for a good chunk of the news coverage every single day now way back in the day when I was in the business and when I started we didn't have all of this information out on the World Wide Web but we would get the newspapers every morning in our newsrooms and they would have the New York Times the Washington Post and in my case before because I'm from southeastern Michigan they would have the Detroit Free Press the Detroit News the Oakland Press which is a big county newspaper and the uh, EPs the executive producers the ND the news directors the assignment editors they'd be sitting around in their little mind meld every morning and looking at the headlines and automatically assuming that what these outlets are putting out there is true and then they would follow up on it and so then everybody starts covering the same story the same way and a lie continues to grow over the decades and this is what we're left with a major newspaper surprised by reality something that has been right under their noses but because of their own confirmation bias and their lack of integrity they refuse to see or follow up on shame on them and shame on us if we don't do a better job of checking the sources we consume we'll be right back Veritas is a Catholic men's group that meets quarterly to celebrate our rich Catholic heritage. The evening starts with a whiskey-tasting, cured meats, and cigars before an inspiring talk by an engaging Catholic speaker dressed as coat and tie. Claritas's next gathering is Thursday, May 20th in downtown McKinney. If you know a committed Catholic man aged 18 and over that may be interested in attending, they can find out more information at the website claritas.page. That's claritas.page or email claritas1917 at gmail.com. Do you want a faith-filled Catholic community where your child will thrive? Discover Immaculate Conception Catholic School in Denton, where your child will receive the very best spiritual foundation, along with excellence in education. ICCS serves 250 students ages 3 through 8th grade. Whether it's living the rosary, the celebration of the Mass, or the formation of saints, scholars, musicians, and athletes, Our Lady School is the place to be. For more information, call 940-381-1155 to arrange a tour or visit catholicschooldenton.org. Catholic Charities Fort Worth's mission is to provide service to those in need, to advocate compassion and justice in the structure of society, and to call all people of goodwill to do the same. They offer services such as free income tax preparation service through their VITA program, rides to COVID-19 vaccination appointments, information and resources related to the winter storm, and transportation services. For more information and resources, visit catholiccharitiesfortworth.org. KTH 910 AM welcomes Emerson on Harvest Hill as a new sponsor. It's a senior living community in North Dallas near St. Rita Parish. Amenities include chef-prepared meals each day, transportation, social and educational events and activities, 24-hour security, and the participation in the sacraments. To learn more about Emerson on Harvest Hill or to arrange a tour and visit, you can contact Karen Ray via email at kray at emersonharvesthill.com or you can visit their website, emersononharvesthill.com of it all is because of the way these programs were rolled out, go back to last April with PPP and was rolled out with a certain set of expectations and guidelines, people spent that money before they even understood the flexibility they'd have. 
So in some cases, they were done in eight weeks, right? They had spent their PPP money in eight weeks and had and kept their staff hoping, beyond hope, that, you know, come July or August, business would be better, and it wasn't. And here we are nearly a year later. That is Alex Sharp, the president and CEO of Signature Travel Network, who was one of the panelists at a fascinating discussion that was held earlier this week by the uh, Association of um, Travel Agencies or a Advisors. It was just so interesting, this panel that was put together. It was a legislative day in Washington, and there were some very good results out of it. But what I found so moving in watching that panel discussion that was recorded and can still be found on ASTA's uh, homepage was the, the, the plight of the travel industry, what so many of these entrepreneurs went through, and also how does that impact all of us in terms of the fallout with jobs and the economy because the travel business is connected. It's like this, this giant octopus that's reaching into so many different communities and businesses. But then from the Catholic perspective, in terms of um, helping companies in need, but also what does it mean for us as a pilgrim people, and when can we expect to start getting back on the road again. So Alex is joining me right now. We're also working on getting John Hale, president of Corporate Travel from Southeastern Michigan, uh, on with us as well. Alex, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Oh, gosh, it's my pleasure. It's great to talk to you. All right, so let's talk a little bit. A very uh, impressive panel. It was very real about about the plight of uh, fellow travel agents and, and company owners and those in the travel business. What was your big takeaway? Well, gosh, I think our my big takeaway from the panel was just the the continued need for for support and understanding. Right, so many people don't understand the economics of our business. They admire these entrepreneurs who are you know who who have helping them you know make their dreams come true, sending them on these amazing trips and everything else. But they don't understand the economics of the business, which is understandable. So we're we're constantly trying to, especially in these times, to explain how this works and and that there's this natural gap that that we're coming up on between having this increased demand because people are excited and and hearing more you know positive information about countries opening up and cruises restarting and things like that so there's the demand but they're not going to travel for you know a couple of months several months and in earnest right 22 is really going to be a wonderful comeback year but travel advisors don't get paid until travel is consumed until someone mm -hmm. goes and comes back. And so, you know, here you, you look at our, our members like, like John's great agency, and, and you think, gosh, he, he, after a terrible 15 months of, of booking and rebooking and rebooking and rebooking and trying to survive through this pandemic, things are good. He, he has greater demand than he's probably had, in, and certainly in the last 15 months, but maybe in a long, longer while, and yet... He won't. He needs to hire people, bring them back to do these, you know, this important work, and they won't see any income from it for, you know, maybe, you know, depending on when someone travels, might be spring of next year, could be summer of next year in some cases. So, it, it we're just trying to get that point across to to Congress. Met with a lot of legislators uh, on Wednesday, and and I think you know told our story and told it I think effectively, and uh, looking forward to some additional relief. We're talking with Alex Sharp, president of Signature Travel Network, and he took part in a really uh, interesting legislative day that was taking place earlier in Washington This with travel experts coming together and looking at the industry and working with um, uh, you know, elected officials. Uh, in talking with John Hale, Alex, about uh, what the takeaways that he had is it really, I think, 
helps us understand that there is a system we have in place in the country, and certainly it's it's not perfect. And and we can all say that we know that there have been problems, especially in the last year, and that's all still up, you know, being debated and questioned in terms of of the election issues. But overall, in terms of of being the grassroots on the ground, meeting with these people who are working for us as lawmakers, elected officials. You can still have an impact, and that to me was very, very encouraging that they did respond, they did listen to you. 100%. And it's our obligation as Americans. We can't just sit on the sideline and complain about things but do nothing to affect change. I was really encouraged, and I am every year when we do Legislative Day. This one was clearly the most important that we've done in, you know, probably ever. But the uh, their willingness to, to hear us out, um, the... It's amazing, you know, uh, with all the complaints, there's very little reach out, you know, by business owners, uh, constituents to, to their elected officials. And they need to hear from us. And they want to hear from us. Uh, and so, you know, we, we saw some progress. Uh, you know, you saw yesterday, or, or many of your, your listeners might have seen yesterday, that uh, cruises are going to resume. And so there's some great progress there. Um, specifically, one of the things that we were lobbying for was the was the ability for Alaska cruises to operate. There's a, mm-hmm. an old kind of archaic law that requires, you know, cruises that begin and end in the U.S. to visit a distant foreign port. In this case, for Alaska, it's always Canada. But Canada has, has barred any any cruise ships from, from or any large cruise ships from their waters because of COVID. And so it, it effectively eliminated the entire Alaska season, even if we're able to get clearance from the CDC to sail. So... We passed that hurdle yesterday uh, with that passing the House, and uh, very encouraging. Again, I think it was just a matter of explaining it to folks so that they could they could get it, because who could possibly understand a law written, you know, 100-plus years ago, uh, you know, to, to, to really protect uh, ferries and, 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 you know, trade routes? The cruise lines aren't taking that business away. It's just a matter of people understanding and once they can understand it then they can they can vote and, and do what really is common sense no absolutely and, and and again if you look just at the cruise industry and not just at the travel industry overall but alex if you focus in on the cruise industry and i've done a number of different cruises over and i love to travel as as you probably well know i'm sure john told you yes but if you look at the connection between so many i mean you you take it down you break it down and connect the dots not just for example the cruise industry in terms of you know getting on a ship and having a great time and all the people they employ but what about the hotels that are housing people the night before what about the taxi services to get you there what about i mean it's just it's just endless in terms of you know the the flow the connections between for example a big part of the travel industry such as cruises and uh, the rest of the world john is with us now john president of corporate travel service in southeastern michigan john i know a lot of our listeners have questions and i'm sure you've gotten the calls as alex has pilgrimage travel that is a, a big portion of what you do though you do a lot of other things but you you have a heart for as i know alex does as a fellow catholic for pilgrimage travel you're saying you think it will be one of the first to return tell us why thanks for joining us Thank you, Teresa. I do. And, you know, we've seen even during past uh, issues in travel that, that the, really the people who persevered the most were pilgrimage tra- travelers because they have a greater purpose. You know, they have a, a greater belief in God. And really, even his- historically, pilgrimage travel dating back, you know, thousands of years was much more arduous, certainly, than it is today. But you're, you, you persevere through it because you have a greater purpose, because you have a belief and a transcendent belief in God, and you want to go and connect with Him. And, 
you know, these are in some ways trifles. You know, the fact that we might have to receive a test or, or so forth, that's just part of the pilgrimage journey. It's part of what opens our hearts to the work that God's going to do on the pilgrimage itself. And I think that is the view and the lens through which um, our pilgrims and our clients see this. And they are very eager to travel. We're hearing every day. We're seeing bookings. And I, I do believe that it will be the, the quickest um, bounce in terms of group travel will be through pilgrims. And thank God, because we're ready. We're ready to bring people back to the Holy Land, to Rome, to throughout Europe, to the Holy Sites. And, and I, I think we're seeing it already, and we're going to see it uh, continue to to, to grow. Probably John, I'll get, more. Yeah, I'll get your response first, and I want to go to Alex, but it seems, and, and I've been monitoring the situation uh, closely from my own personal interest, but also from a news perspective and doing this, this show every day, it seems that the industry is understanding that not everyone um, feels maybe they, they don't want to take the vaccine, maybe they're still praying about it. It seems to me that a lot of the, um, for example, the airlines and, and even the countries are saying that the COVID test is the most important because even Joan Lewis from EW Chen when she was traveling back to the United States to visit family she said that that COVID test that negative test was just as important if not more important than her passport and they never asked for her vaccination card so this this testing I think is is a good way to make sure we're being safe but at the same time really allowing for the the personal decisions of what people want to make individually about a vaccine well, I think you're absolutely right, and I believe the evidence that the industry is trying to approach it from that perspective are these COVID testing flights where um, you, you have a protocol for testing before departure and then on arrival, and then you're free from quarantine and you're in the country just as you would be here at your own home. And really at that point, it doesn't really matter if you're at your local Walmart or a local restaurant or you're at a restaurant or a, a local store in Italy or France or the Holy Land at that point. Um, and, and you're absolutely right, Teresa. That is, I believe, the, the way the industry is, is, is looking to, to go and to accommodate. And, um, and that's great. That's really great news. That's the best and the most we could hope for. Oh. Alex, your thoughts on, on pilgrimage travel returning and also on the way things are being handled right now and what we can expect? Sure. So I, I agree with John 100%. Pilgrimage travel is going to lead the way. It's always been the most meaningful travel, right? Travel for, for me is, 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 is really about, you know, people learning and, and experiencing these destinations, bringing that home. They, we all know, right? People who travel are more empathetic. They're more thoughtful because they've had a chance to experience other cultures, other mm-hmm. opportunities. Mm-hmm. Pilgrimage travel takes that to another level. And, and I think certainly those folks have a, a greater, a greater cause, a greater mission in, in mind when they're going. And, and, you know, heck, COVID's not going to keep them keep them down as soon as they're able to go i i you know we're seeing it already we're seeing people ready willing and able to to go that your point on on vaccines or or testing I, I agree and i think ultimately all of the destinations regardless of their feelings around the vaccine or testing they just want the broadest audience possible that can travel safely and so for some for the cruise industry as an example uh, vaccines allow them to shorten the window. Uh, it allows them, they believe, to come back quicker and more safely in the short term with the desire to operate for, you know, maybe it's three months or something like that, probably requiring vaccines and then opening it up. And, and some of that is the CDC and their rigor and everyone trying to understand what these rules are and how they apply because as we've all experienced, right, we get a lot of different 
uh, different answers, contradicting answers over the last 15 months. And so I, I think most travel is going to come back with a test. But in some cases, we're going to see folks say, hey, in the short term, we're going to require vaccines so that we can get the, the borders open or get the, the cruise ships open. We can operate, make a few dollars, right, get this thing rolling as they need to, um, and then prove that this works and then open it up more broadly. Yeah, yeah, and I, I really think the testing is, to me personally, the way to go because even if you have the vaccine, we know no vaccine is 100%, and, and you could still get the virus or, you know, uh, transfer it to someone, less likelihood according to the Catholic medical experts that we've spoken to. But I think people are very comfortable with understanding that a testing has to be done. Uh, you know, in some places, not all, but some places, for example, in our home state of Michigan, uh, a lot of this is being used to control people, which which is not fair. We should have the freedom to make an educated decision on our own and then obviously working with, with different uh, entities to, to have the best possible scenario. Talking with John Hale from Corporate Travel. He's the president and CEO and also... Uh, Alex is joining us, Alex Sharp, who was one of the speakers this week at this wonderful conference that was put on by um, the Association of uh, Travel Advisors and Agents, and it was really interesting to get a, a look at, at what's happening. Um, God bless you both. I know you're both very strong in your faith, and, and we've spoken to John about this many times. But Alex, you have about a minute left. How has your faith helped you, your Catholic faith, get through all of this? Because it's just been, I think, devastating for the travel industry, other industries as well, but it's really hit the travel industry hard. Yeah, I, I often wonder uh, for for folks whenever their life goes sideways, right? Whether it be a death in the family, or gosh, COVID, or whatever it is, right? I, I feel for them that they don't have uh, faith to lean on. You know, our Catholic faith is such a it's such a beautiful faith. It's such a forgiving and loving faith that you know been able to lean on that for the last fifteen months of my family um, to lean on their faith, and and for us, it's been. It's been healing. It's been strengthening. Uh, not every day is a great day, of course, but uh, but to be able to to lean on what we know um, has been has been critically important for us, and it's given us comfort and strength to kind of move forward and and, and to know that hey, there is a plan. You know, I plan and God laughs, as they say. Uh, <laughs> I love that saying. <laughs> Want to make God laugh? Make plans. Alex, we're out of time, and John Hale, thank you so much. Alex uh, Sharp is the president and CEO of Signature Travel Network. John Hale, of course, President and CEO of Corporate Travel Service, and two faithful Catholics who've been navigating the crazy travel seas the last year and a half. We'll be right back. Hello, Steve Ray here from Footprints of God Pilgrimages, and I'm so excited to announce two domestic pilgrimages this time, one to the Shrines of Wisconsin, where we're going to be joined by Cardinal Raymond Burke. We're going to have a consecration to St. Joseph and Our Lady of Good Help for the apparition of Mary that happened there. Also, we're going to St. Augustine, Florida, where the Catholic Church actually started, the first Mass ever, and we're going to be joined by Father Frank Pavone. To learn more about your Ave Maria radio trip, go to AveMariaRadio.net and find the pilgrimage link. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 10 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan cost goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. 
CharityMobile.com. Location, location, relocation. Studies show more than a third of college students transfer and half of those do it more than once. He reminds us of St. Augustine's quote, Our souls are restless until they rest in thee. At Ave Maria University, we challenge this group to visit us, stroll down our palm tree paths, spike a shot on our sand volleyball court, or partake in an outdoor devotion. There's a reason when students visit Ave Maria, they tend to stay. Ave Maria University, your relocation destination. Visit AveMaria.edu. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Have a very, very blessed weekend as we are winding up this week, uh, this month of May, actually. Hard to believe next week, the last week in May. Have a great weekend and more great Catholic Connection interviews coming up on Monday. Ciao, ciao. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E Maria Radio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. Your 24-hour-a-day source of Catholic inspiration. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Thank you for listening to the Guadalupe Radio Network and being part of the family. Families pray for each other. We would be honored if you would let us pray with you and for you. You don't even have to tell us your name. Just go to our website, grnonline.com, or call our prayer request line and leave us a message at 800-395-4008. That's 800-395-4008. We will be praying for you every day. Attention homeschooling parents or those considering homeschooling. The second annual virtual Catholic homeschool conference is coming May 19th through 22nd. Four days full of guidance, encouragement, and inspiration. There will be over a dozen live sessions and over 50 pre-recorded talks. Plus, the daily rosary, streamed mass and adoration, and a Friday evening family movie night. The conference website is catholichomeschoolconference.com. That's catholichomeschoolconference.com. Registration is free. Blessed be God. Blessed be His holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be his most sacred heart. Blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. 
Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.